Hey everyone, welcome to the Dr. Kelsey Show. So this is um, my first solo recording on my new solo podcast, which I'm super excited about. Um, and I wanted to use this episode to kind of talk a little bit more about my backstory and how I ended up at the conclusion that I I did about launching my my fitness business and a lot of my mission and my why behind my my business and my methods that I use to work with fitness clients. Um, and a lot of that, surprisingly enough, doesn't come from my schooling. <laughs> a lot of it was a lot of, you know, um, kind of looking inward and pushing past my comfort zone. And when I was kind of planning this episode and planning what I wanted to talk about, the concept of my comfort zone kept coming up because I think, you know, as I look back at the 30 years that I've spent on this planet, I've accomplished a lot of really cool things. I, uh, you know, I lived in Boston, right in the city. I live, I've lived in New York City. I now live in Houston, Texas. Um, I've been married. I've been divorced. I have run multiple marathons and half marathons. I have competed in bikini and figure shows. And I have another one coming up in April. Um, I've rescued a ton of crazy, ridiculous animals along the, along the way. Um, I've done a lot of really cool things that I'm really proud of. Um, you know, I put, I put doctor in front of my name. I went to medical school, which is a really cool thing. Um, but I think when people look at someone's accomplishments or people look at someone's kind of resume or their, you know, list of things that they've achieved, right? That's all we see. We don't see like the struggle of getting outside of your comfort zone in order to do those things. And I think getting outside of your comfort zone takes practice. And um, that's, again, kind of what I want to go and talk about today is practicing getting outside of your comfort zone, because that's something that I challenge my clients to do every single step of the way because getting outside of your comfort zone is how we learn and it's how we get better and it's how we accomplish things. So I uh, I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Shout out Chris and Tony. I have uh, two of the most amazing parents that I could have ever, ever asked for. Um, they raised me to be maybe a little bit too independent and strong-willed. Um, and, you know, I had a very white picket fence kind of picturesque childhood that I'm very grateful for that it has allowed me to do a lot of the things that I do. Um, and, you know, growing up, I did ballet, I danced, I rode horses. I was never really an athletic kid. I wasn't someone who really wanted to chase a ball. I thought that was stupid. And I still, th I still think it's stupid, if I'm being completely honest. I think sports are dumb. I don't like sports. Um, I just think they're stupid, and I always have. So, And you can agree with me, or you cannot agree with me. That's cool. I don't really care. Um, but regardless, you know, I grew up not really around ball sports. My brother played a lot of basketball. Um, I, tended, I tended to gravitate towards things that challenged me but didn't, um, but that were not competitive. And um, at a certain point in my, 
you know, in my childhood, I ended up kind of ditching dance and horseback riding to start running track with my friends because a lot of my high school friends were running track. And I started getting into weightlifting because I, for some reason, I think there was like a shortage of girls doing this in my school or something. I went to a very small high school. Um, I think there was a shortage of girls that were throwing shot put. And so I somehow as a like five, seven hundred and twenty pound high school girl ended up throwing shot put. And I actually wasn't that bad at it. I was pretty decent considering that, you know, some of the other girls that were throwing um, both on our team and against our team in high school uh, probably could have eaten me for breakfast. So I actually did pretty well with it. And I started weightlifting and I started getting really competitive. And I vividly remember being probably 15 or 16 at the time. I was, you know, in the weight room for maybe six months or so at that point, just having, you know, learn learning more about about throwing and really loving, you know, throwing shot put and being involved with my track team and lifting weights. And I remember going to the doctor at that age, again, around 15 or 16. And the doctor saying that there was a problem because I had gained 14 pounds, I believe it was, um, in the year since my last physical. I want to say it was 14 pounds. I might have, I might be wrong about that number, but um, I vividly remember that, and I vividly remember, you know, because as a 15 year old kid, like you don't step on the scale, right? Like you don't look at that stuff. You don't really care. Like you're a kid, right? You're just doing what you want to do. You're hanging out with your friends. You're throwing shot put. You're, you know, you're doing your thing. You don't care about those things. And I remember, you know, the look on the doctor's face that I had gained weight. I remember the reaction um, from her. I remember um, feeling really badly, feeling really like I did something wrong. Um, and I remember my parents talking about it. I remember, um, you know, it being something that caused a lot of turmoil and a lot of problems. And the reality was that that doctor was not very educated on the weight of muscle versus the weight of fat. And I mean, when I look at photos of myself when I was that age, I I was actually still pretty skinny. I was, you know, five, seven, maybe one 35 or whatever, I had actually looked good. I looked like I filled out. Um, I looked like I had some muscle on me and I, I put on a, a decent amount of muscle in that year, you know, going from a 120 scrawny little, you know, looking kind of ballerina look to me to now, you know, being a more muscular 135. I looked more like a woman, right? Having that muscle tone. Um, and I remember you know, just thinking now, you know, now as an adult, I kind of think back and I'm like, wow, that doctor just couldn't have been less educated on what those numbers were reflective of. And that kind of sent me into a really negative tailspin and a really negative relationship with my body and with food um, that I've spent a lot of years in therapy for. And, um, you know, I had a really tough bout of this in college. I lost, um, a very good friend of mine when we were in high school um, to a heart condition. And then about a year later, lost my cousin in a skiing accident. And so I definitely had just some emotional struggles where I, I feel like I went through this period where I couldn't really control a lot of my happiness because I was facing these really complicated life events at a really young age. And I looked to 
controlling my food intake as being the only thing that I could control. And, um, you know, if that meant, hey, I'm only going to eat carrots today, then I'm only going to eat carrots today because this is being skinny is the one thing I can control. Um, And that lasted pretty much all throughout college. I started getting into marathon running, um, which was, again, probably one of the worst things I could have done to my body, specifically at that point in time while I was already going through so much. Um, And what really was a turning point for me was um, I started working in 2013, maybe. I started working at Equinox in Soho in New York City, where I lived at the time. It was right after college. I was in my early 20s, and I was kind of coming out of this period of, you know, well, I understand and I know now that I can't starve myself, but I also don't know and I don't understand how to work out in a reasonable kind of way and um, have a healthy workout routine and a healthy exercising routine and have a healthy level of calorie intake and food intake and look great. Like I don't understand how these people just walk around and look great. And when I started working at Equinox, um, I made a couple of really, really good friends there that are still very good friends to this day. And I will always um, value those friendships because a lot of those people probably don't even know how much they, their friendship and their perspective on health and fitness um, changed my perspective. And, you know, while working at Equinox, I was, um, you know, open to a lot of education around health and education around fitness and your hormonal health and how that plays a big part into how you look and how you feel and how your exercise and your nutrition plays into your hormonal health, right? So I was exposed to a lot there. And it was actually at Equinox at that job that I met a a girl that I, she was a member there and she wasn't a client or anything. Um, And I can't even remember her name, if I'm being honest. She was very sweet, very kind, um, and she was a figure competitor. And I would ask her a lot of questions about competing. I just thought, you know, competing, I'm like, dang, that is so cool. Like, you look you look phenomenal and you just know how to do this. Like what kind of secrets do you have? And I was so mystified by this world of competing. And, you know, when I met this girl and you would just talk to her about it, it was nothing to her. It was second nature. And I admired that so much. And I admired how lax she was about everything because the impression I had on competing prior to meeting this girl was that if you wanted to compete, you had to eat like chicken, rice, and broccoli for you know, 12 weeks. And that was how you did it. That was it. And you exercise like a maniac and you couldn't eat anything that wasn't chicken, rice, or broccoli. And that was it. Um, and she had a very different perspective. She introduced me to the concept of flexible dieting. She sent me some, um, you know, some videos to watch, some YouTube videos on that concept and the if it fits your macros concept. I, um, and I was just, again, mystified. And so I was in, unfortunately, at that time, um, not to bash anyone, but I was in a relationship that, you know, I had talked about competing and potentially going down that road. And um, my partner at the time was not very supportive of that decision. So I decided to hold off. 
um, I ended up deciding I wanted to go back to school. So I moved to Texas, went to chiropractic school, and it was about halfway through chiropractic school that I was like, man, fuck this. I want to compete so badly. I don't care if I'm in school. I don't care if I have a lot on my plate. This is something I want to do. And finally, you know, my partner ended up getting on board and I was able to go through my first competition. I hired my first coach. Um, that was in 2015, I think. No, 2016. That was in 2016. And I hired my first coach. And, you know, my first coach had said kind of around that time, like, you've got a lot of work to do. You know, we, we've been in just a state for years where you were chronically dieted, um, you know, from kind of the emotional issues around food and around your body. We've spent so much time running marathons. We've really got to get your muscle mass up before we can put you on stage. And thankfully we did. And it was such an eye-opening experience. And I remember at that point, I wasn't terrified to compete. I wasn't terrified to step on stage. I wasn't terrified to stand in front stand in front of a bunch of people in front of a bikini. Like none of those things terrified me. But what terrified me the most about that process and hiring my first co- coach was giving up control. Right? Giving up control because working with him meant that I couldn't do or I wouldn't be doing the workouts that I was doing. I wouldn't be doing the, you know, I wouldn't have control necessarily over the nutrition I was getting or how much food I was eating, right? And his first push, anyone who's ever competed before or any coaches who are listening to this or any of my clients who are listening to this, you know, a lot of you guys probably know better than the average person. A lot of times the first step when you're working with someone is to start them off in a reverse diet. And is to start them eating more. Um, And I knew that that was what this coach was going to put me through. And sure enough, he did. And that was terrifying. It was so much mental and emotional struggle and effort to get past that hurdle and to get past that hump of, you know, saying, hey, I accept that I don't have control over this. I accept that there is someone that knows better than me in this realm and that I need some help and I need some direction. And, you know, it was really through that process of giving up my control that I realized just exactly how um, how scared I was. You know, and I think that's something, again, we don't see the struggle. We don't see the push outside the comfort zone. We don't see how hard it is when clients come on board and I tell them, hey, I need you to start eating 2,000 calories a day. And that can be scary for some people. And, you know, I, I know that because I experienced it and because I went through it. And I think, again, people don't see that and people forget it because it was at this point, you know, um, quite a few years ago, but change doesn't happen within your comfort zone. If you want to achieve something, anything, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. And when I really look and look at my mission and I examine my mission and I examine my why and I say, why am I here? My reason, my purpose, my driver in life is to challenge what women think they know about their health and about their fitness, and about their nutrition, because I guarantee 
that most people, most women that are seeking advice are doing the exact wrong things. And um, my mission is to challenge the norm. My mission is to challenge what we all think we should be doing because a lot of times it is the exact opposite. So again, this episode, just first things first, wanted to give you guys a little bit of orientation about who I am and where I'm coming from and um, you know what I've been through and humanize myself a little bit and talk about comfort zones because that's, um, that's the rope we all walk on every day when we're trying to better ourselves is uh, just walking that fine line of our comfort zone, walking along the edges. So uh, with that, I'm going to close out this episode. It's going to be a, a pretty short one. I'm going to try to keep all of my episodes around 20 minutes, give or take. So that way you guys can uh, listen to them when you're kind of putzing around town or during your workouts or whatever. So um, again, if you guys have any questions, shoot me a message, shoot me an email, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace.